I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the news du jour. Happy Thursday. Um, As per usual, we have a pretty stacked episode for you guys, so I'm just going to hop right into it. For our first story, we're discussing, is Chrissy Teigen canceled? So we recently covered Chrissy Teigen's horrific bullying of Courtney Stodden, and it was bad, y'all especially coming from someone who is usually an outspoken advocate for progressive causes like LGBTQ rights. If you missed that episode, definitely go back and listen to it when you have time. It was towards the end of last week because it's important. It included Chrissy telling Courtney, a non-binary person, that they should kill themselves on more than one occasion And it was all happening when Courtney was just 16 years old. This is something that I honestly would not have believed was true if Chrissy hadn't confirmed it herself. It changed my perception of her as a person personally, and apparently some of her corporate partners felt the same. Chrissy's cookware and cookbooks have now been dropped by Target, Macy's, and Bloomingdale's. Courtney actually called Chrissy's apology a, quote, attempt to save her partnerships with Target and other brands, end quote. But it appears that she didn't succeed. The retailers dropped her anyway. So is she fully canceled? You know, will she lose her following? Only time will tell, But I do think that we have seen a glimpse behind the curtain now, and brands should be less quick on the draw to work with someone with this type of history. There is never an excuse for this type of bullying behavior. So next up, we are talking about the new Trump investigation. So late Tuesday night, Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, announced that a criminal inquiry into the Trump family and organization is underway. If you remember, we have talked about the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into the same groups, but now it's expanded, and the AG's office announced their own inquiry, which will basically be working alongside the Manhattan DA's office. I know that's super confusing, especially for those of us who are not from that area, but Manhattan is just one area of New York, so you can think of it as like almost city and state, you know, are both running separate separate inquiries, both criminal, um, but they will be working together to share evidence because obviously there's a lot of overlap. 
The fact that the investigation, though, is now criminal as opposed to civil is an important distinction. You see, civil cases would just result in like fines or lawsuits, but criminal ones mean potential jail time for this. The group was very tight-lipped about the situation, but they said that they had notified the Trump organization of this change. Predictably, President Trump implied in a response that these investigations are political in nature and claiming that they are, quote, in desperate search of a crime, end quote. When in reality, there would need to be quite a bit of evidence pointing to a specific crime in order for a judge to sign the warrants that led to the searches on Rudy Giuliani's residences and businesses. Just as a reminder as well, President Trump is also facing a criminal investigation in the state of Georgia, where the DA in Fulton County is inspecting the various ways that the president attempted to overturn the election results in the state, including pressuring public officials. This has all been going on for quite a long time, though, so there could be more movement on it soon. As always, we will keep you guys posted. And for our next story today, we're discussing survivors of Tulsa massacre testifying in Congress. So it's crazy to see my little hometown in the national spotlight. But of course, it's for a pretty horrifying reason. For those who aren't familiar, I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Back in 1921, tensions between the poorer white community and increasingly affluent black community exploded in an amount of bloodshed that this country has rarely seen outside of wars. Things like airplanes dropping homemade bombs, mass graves, city blocks of houses and businesses lit on fire, Men shot and killed with their hands in the air and homes looted for their most prized possessions all occurred in this tiny town. It is estimated that about 300 black people were killed and as many as 10,000 people were left homeless. And this all happened to a community that beat the odds and prospered despite abject racism. The slowly mounting jealousy and resentment of white Tulsa was what fueled these horrifying events. Justice has never been served for any of these murders, crimes of arson, theft, and all-out war tactics used against black Tulsa. For a long time, it was known as the quote-unquote race riot and was not taught in schools. It was effectively swept under the rug by white Tulsans for almost a century. But black Tulsans have never forgotten, nor have they stopped spreading the word. I first learned of the massacre from a dear friend in high school to whom I will be forever grateful for taking the time to educate me. The same day she told me about these tragic events, Elise and I drove over to Greenwood Cultural Center, the spot in Tulsa that had documented these events through photographs, firsthand accounts, and literal receipts. They have never stopped fighting for justice. 
And today, a few of the living survivors got their day in Congress. These survivors are plaintiffs in a lawsuit filed last year seeking reparation for these events. Even though money could never bring back the dead, businesses like department stores, movie theaters, hair salons, restaurants were all burned to the ground without Tulsa or the state of Oklahoma batting an eye about it. The police did nothing to try to control the massacre, and these survivors have fought for a long time for their day in court. This lawsuit is requesting that the city of Tulsa and the state of Oklahoma take accountability for letting this event get out of hand. Instead of me quoting her, I want you guys to hear the words of Viola Fletcher, a race massacre survivor, in her own voice. She is 107 years old. This is her account before Congress. The night of the massacre, I was awakened by my family. My parents and five siblings were there. I will never forget the violence of the white mob when we left our home. I still see black men seeing being shot, black bodies lying in the street. I still smell smoke and see fire. I still see black businesses being burned. I still hear airplanes flying overhead. I hear the screams. I have lived through the massacre every day. Our country may forget this history, but I cannot. I am 107 year old and have never been seen justice. I pray that one day I will. No one cared about us for almost 100 years. We and our history have been forgotten, washed away. This Congress must recognize us. Quote, our country may forget this history, but I cannot. End quote. That really says it all. For those who don't know, this event occurred on May 31st, 1921. So we are coming right up on the 100th anniversary of the massacre. The Greenwood Cultural Center that I mentioned towards the beginning of this story is commemorating this 100th anniversary with a large number of big scale events involving tons of other organizations and businesses around the state of Oklahoma. I'm going to go ahead and link their Instagram as well as some other relevant Instagrams and businesses in today's show notes. If you guys, even if you're not from Oklahoma, even if you're not from the United States, if you would go and show some of these accounts some love, just like a few of their pictures, give them a follow and follow along on these events. I think that would be so meaningful to this community that has been through so much And of course, if you live in the United States, I encourage you to call your representatives and let them know that you care about this and that you want to see justice and reparations for these people who lost everything. And for our last story today, I just have a quick update for you guys before we go um, about the crisis in Israel slash Palestine. Protests have now broken out in Israel by the Palestinian community that lives there. 
Additionally, Biden and President Netanyahu had yet another phone call that reportedly had Biden using a much harsher tone with the Israeli leader. Let's hope that these airstrikes stop soon. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, Reconciliation should always be accompanied by justice. Otherwise, it will not last. While we hope for peace, it shouldn't be peace at any cost, but peace based on principle, based on justice. Thank you so much for listening to News Du Jour. If we help you stay informed, please consider becoming a sponsor of our podcast. There's always a link in our show notes where you can contribute financially to help us keep the show going and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are, number one, rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. Number two, share on your social media. You have influence. And number three, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love News Du Jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that has nothing to do with the news. It's basically just dreamy content recommendations for the weekend. Subscribe today at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our sugar-free media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. And all the twinkling and pawing around you might hear during our podcast is by my little rescue pup who has anxiety and so he always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.